Hi, everybody. <laughs> the boner noise. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a <laughs> carnival of randomness. And I want to get through the intro. Sir, first show it's spring, spring, so of course it's snowing all over the place out. We have his one guest, the big bag of Tootsie Roll Pops, in honor of a great man. And our guest, actually, now we usually have co hosts, so the guest, boy over here! Boing! Scared them all off. <laughs> but he came roaring in the parking lot. Somehow he comes in the parking lot, comes up, he's got a styrofoam cup of coffee, didn't spill a drop! Who loves you, baby? It's a triumphant return of Baron Violet Vic. Thank you! Hey. Oh, now, you celebrated an anniversary. Yes, sir. And how did, just go back for a little bit, how did the whole genesis of the Rumble start? You know, I would have never thought of it in a million years. My, when you did the show, I can't answer the question. For right, well, I'm leading up. I'm building. This is like a dramatic, you build up. Anyways, my nephew was one of the founders of the station, my nephew-in-law. And we were at his house for some holiday. And that was the winter. And I always thought he mentioned I should have a radio show. And he always Said I was laughing at your intro thing. <laughs> 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 anyway, so he always said, I don't know what you're talking about, but it, it turns out there was like a friend of his, and we were hanging out, shooting, you know, shucking and jiving, and he said, dude, you need to be on the radio with us. And I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, my wife was like, yeah, you need to be on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, to do what? Well, you know all this stuff about music, you play guitar, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't have to audition. I just got, what's that word? Nepotism. I got nepotized in. <laughs> Lily Winward's term, this is great because I had Lily Steve's daughter. I got to know her. She's on the show. She made the comment. In terms of the nepotism, pull, I got the shitty end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it was what I would expect. It's like, what's her dad do? It's like, I want to, I'll be on, I'll come out when you're touring again. Okay, you can tell us sell t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what, the thing about Lily, though, I'll say, like, she is, you could think, I've heard stories, like a friend of mine went to uh, St. Lawrence about, you know, celebrities' kids with spoiled jerks they are. Yeah. She's, like, super chill. So Steve did a good job. There's always one or two. And, yeah. You know, just by... And I don't feel like, you know, we complain about nepotism, but that if I had, like, that rich uncle worth $40 billion, you know... I'd be <laughs> kissing his ass yeah. big time, man. Like, you're my favorite. He'd never see my head. It would be so far up there. That'd be shoulder man. Yeah. I mean, this is life. It's like nobody's perfect. <laughs> but on that, you know, he trained me, which was a good... <laughs> I don't know how I got through that first show. I sat and listened to him do a show for an hour. Didn't show me anything. Just just looking. But, you know, it's a mixing board, which I was never, you know, like the sound guy. But I kind of had an idea, you know, the sliders and stuff. And the next time, like the next week, I went for more training. And about halfway through, I'm like, I'm playing CDs. You know, why are you teaching me all this computer stuff? Oh, Anyways, boom, I'm there the next Saturday. I was supposed to be there on Thursday evening, but they wanted me to open for Armand, which I said, okay, cool. And three, four songs in, gets up, eh, you're doing fine. Give me a call if you have any problems. 
Get the leaves. <laughs> Like, like what? Where the fuck are you going, man? He's already oh, got it. And I got it. I got through the first show. Got through the second show. Got through the third show. And six years later, here I am. That's uh, partly too, because CDs can stick. You have that. Like, oh yeah, that's and that's part of why, and that's happened. But you know, it's like Johnny Carson. You know, you, if you, if you fuck up, you make a joke about I it, and you work. You keep with going too. Yeah, like, definitely. I know in theater people, you never just stop. You can't stop. You don't. And get you can't going. have a melt. You can have a funny meltdown. But well, I've had those on this show. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's harder for me because I can't swear. So I mean, like Greg's out like tending the rabbits and making pancakes. I can't make butt of drummer jokes or bassist <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Which are even better sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing. But I think all it comes to anything like that or like what we do here, it's just doing it after. You know, I mean, you get the technical stuff you have to do. Well, that's my... I my, show up. That was, that was my big concern the first few shows. I wasn't very talkative because I was too busy like, oh, hit this, turn this down. Hit this, turn this up. Hit this, turn it back down. And I wasn't thinking, you know, I... And and talking at the same time is just too much. So. And you're a professional, too, because like me, I come here, it's like, who are we having as a guest this week? What was the person's name again? What are we doing? Now, you, you do research. Like, I just say, it's coming off the top of my head. If I'm wrong, look it up. <laughs> right. Well, most of the stuff I know, but I don't know. I guess the as I'm getting older and all the drugs I did, the dates, the dates fucked me up. Like, this was released in 1970. And I hate that being on the air. I'm going, like that too because I'm actually weird. So with I've been dates. making a cheat sheet. I'm sort of weird with dates. Like if I hear the year someone was born, I usually remember. So if I say something, I get. But you never know. Like one song, like that's actually the. It got me like the Rolling Stones. Andrew Mulligan Golden put out that song. 365 days of the Rolling Stones. One year, 1964. Uh, that was a leap year. That bothered me. <laughs> and I'm probably the only one. Can you imagine anybody else? This guy's on some heavy drugs. Or he's <laughs> just out of his fucking mind. Yeah. They're like, what? Hollywood Nights, okay. Brilliant movie. Brilliant, Brilliant movie. movie. But, all right. But how did they ruin it for me? You probably might believe and guess. It's near the end. They play Mr. Tambourine Man by the Birds, oh, which right. was out a year later. Right. And now who else would be... Yeah. You know, dude, you watched New Bomb Park. <laughs> you watched the one-armed violinist in your last... Sasha Davinsky. Sasha, Sasha Dupa. <laughs> he grabbed it. <laughs> he grabbed it with his dick. What? <laughs> no, and I think also was your... When you came into, like... I think part of, like, why we do what we do is... We wanted shows to do that the way we wanted to. Now, granted, you gave me, like, $500,000. I'd be pushing... Power pipe be punchy like pop and American Idol, but we have to sell out for a while. But we just wanted to do. You want to play what you want to play. Yeah, It'd be and nice. Is that from the beginning though? Like, did you like sort of like just go? I'm going to play what I want, or did you have? That like, an started idea? when I started playing guitar. So this goes back to when I was 17. After I've been playing not quite a year, and I was like, hey, I don't think I'm good enough to play. I should get a band. Yeah. What am I going to play? Well, I was going to fucking start playing like. Journey, shit like that. I'm like, my first band, we played the Dolls, we played the Stooges, the MC5, Ramones. Oh, but we are doing this show for duty and humanity. <laughs> so, you know, right then I was like, well, even if I get great at guitar, I'm not going to make any money. 
alright, I'm cool with that. I could work, I could deal drugs, I could do whatever on the side. The statute of limitations are yeah. off. Yeah, that's just way gone. This is, you know, 110 years ago, but... And we are like those rare purists. I mean, there's a couple things about us. One, like, if, in terms of, like, okay, Journey, not my favorite band. Right. I could say, and I've been called names because of that one person accused me of ruining their childhood memories. <laughs> and rightly so. <laughs> yeah. But, so, okay, if you're going to go see them. They're like, I remember, like, in Toronto, 200 bucks, like, for front seat. Oh. 60 bucks now. For a basic tribute so, act. If you're going to go see him now, for me, like, a, we're huge Blue Easter Cult fans. I won't see him now because it's, it's like, blue with two guys, cult or whatever, three. But I, I would say you missed your window because, you know, it's too bad. Like, I saw the Ramones, thankfully. I grew up, I'm old, but I saw some good bands. Yeah. But you go, there's, what, like, two guys in Journey. There's a tribute band singer. There's some other guys. So you're seeing, basically... You're paying all that money. It's your money. Do it if you want. If you enjoy yeah. it, you enjoy it. Now, I did hear, hear a horror story. Now, about ZZ Top, one of my friends saw him, and I hate the song Legs anyways. And, you right. know, I love ZZ Top. They're 80s stuff. I'd like, if I went back in time, I'd go, dudes, I'll put you on an island for the 80s. <laughs> but, you know, they did what they did. They made money, and they seem like cool guys. They're really cool guys. They said, Billy Gibbs, he's like, you just could tell some guys, you know, yeah. you meet them, you don't want to meet them. But... Yeah, you meet this boy. I'd want to, I'd want to meet Billy Gibbons. Yeah, I'd like to hang Plus, out. Plus, for with me, Billy. his big thing was like with Rocky Erickson because I'm a huge Rocky Erickson fan. Yeah, I heard. I guess like when they did Legs, at least they were using vocal tracks, as know, opposed to like real singing, like you do. Oh. Because like I guess like at a Kiss concert recently, somebody put a video up. Paul Stanley singing goes back. That's still, still singing. <laughs> yeah, those they they really. What happened? Well, I know what happened to them. They got rid of Ace and they got rid of uh, Peter. People don't appreciate like Ace. Though. I think that's the thing. He was the sound. He was. He was. He was. Why well, I didn't pursue the drums? Well, probably also because there's no way my mom would have bought a drum set. That's the one thing I can't do. It's like the one it's I was used to using one hand, like you know, right. as a kid. But I couldn't. I could never do like I played a little. You never, bass. You ever do it with your hand and your foot? <laughs> <laughs> and a kicking. <laughs> This is why this show, unlike his radio show, we get can't do that. We click the mature audience, <laughs> but the thing was, like, I could never do the two. He like I would be doing this, then like, and I would stop because like all really crazy people play bass, I guess, because that's what I played. But I think like a prop with Kiss, who I think I heard. I mean, I think Peter got into a car accident when he was like night seven. He had nerve damage in his hand. Oh, I've heard that. Not. That's why it affected his drumming a little. Who knows? But, I mean, I think you got to know when to stop, too. I think, like, that's the thing about us is we're self-aware. Yeah. I mean, we see people out there who do, like, stuff that we shake our heads. <laughs> <laughs> How can you put this stuff when, when we're kind, we shake our heads. Well, I told this story you many times where I went to see a band smoke shiny toy guns because my, my friend wanted to go. My friend Stephanie, hi. So I get there early. It's at Water Street. Now, I didn't realize. I mean, they were all right, but... It was like more of a kid's type thing, younger kids. So I'm looking like a narc hanging in the corner <laughs> waiting for my friend. And I'm waiting. The opening band, who was not a local band, they come out. Now, they got lab coats. They went the isotopes, obviously. Okay. But they come out. They sucked every way. Now, this is just me. If you're a fan, whatever. I thought the presentation, the songs. I mean, there's a way to present. You don't have to jump around. In fact, Colin Blundstone, to me, was one of the ideal things we just stand there 
Yeah. Yeah. But they were just uncomfortable. They didn't know how to do the crowd. So, of course, me at the right moment, I just go, God, this fucking sucks. Just as they stopped the song and it was quiet. Ah. (laughs) 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 I'm going, I'm going to check all you. Wow. But, I mean, I can't get, and if I stunk at something, and I've been told this is fairly good at least, that I wouldn't do it. And I get some people yeah, are deluded who, it's amazing, like, they compare this as a Steely Dan <laughs> something. <laughs> with, <laughs> and you hear their stuff, and I always love, there's always the worry, and some of the best stories I ever have, like a couple of my friends with bands auditioning people. When they would get the person coming in, and it would be they, how great, as soon as you heard how great they were, yep. <laughs> get ready for a train <laughs> Well, luckily, I've done that so many times. You first have to pass the... Uh, phone interview before I even want to like you know if I'm like for the Tombstone Hands and I was trying to put together an instrumental thing you know my first question is if it's a drummer how many pieces do you have in your kit 20 whatever 15 now you're not the guy what do you mean you don't even want to hear me no you have too many drums I know what you're going to sound like I want someone with like three or four drums period well I'm better than that well, if you're really good, you only need three or four drums, man. Just you know, between us. <laughs> and, you know, of course, they get pissed off I'm an asshole. But... I, always, I always figured that one, too, like for a joke like Spinal Tap or something. Okay, you got two hands, two feet, and maybe if you're well. Right. You know, they got this drum set bigger than the studio here. How are you going to play everything? Well, if, you know, it's the tight. You know, there's, there is music that that's perfect for, but not for what I was wanted to do. You know, not for three-chord garage rock, you know? No, I think it's like the old principle, keep it simple, stupid. Well, that's, 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 that's... I mean, that's rock and roll to me. It's like, I love classical, but rock and roll, I've always used the faces analogy where they're drunk, they're sloppy. It's yeah. not suppo- it's supposed to be fun. It's right. not supposed to be, you know, don't take it too seriously. Or you get become a pretentious twat. <laughs> yeah. That, that's me? I thought I shut it off. No, I never do. Remember, this is like uh. a goofy show. We never shut anything off or anything else. But so you went on. Now, has the format changed at all? Or you just... What, my show? Yeah. Well, okay. it's, I didn't listen to it in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's basically, it's basically the same thing, except at the beginning, I was playing like one song per artist like everyone else. The heck is this? Okay, this is bizarre. Nothing. <laughs> Only with you on the show. JB? Yeah. I got it, too. I think it's looking at our leg pulled. <laughs> oh. I'm, I don't know. Maybe not. So we have to switch to an important, important, important topic. You, our, our holy trinity, of course, Lee, Chuck, and Telly. But you become, <laughs> you know, it's Telly time every morning, and your thoughts on the great man. Well... As I just bought the huge box set of the the first pilot movie, all the episodes, I'm, I'm almost done with season three, and then there's like the made for movies. And they're not bad. They're actually the made for TV movie. He doesn't embarrass himself. They're actually good. I remember seeing one or two yeah. that were pretty. I saw cool, one with like missing kids, but there's one where there's like a runaway Greek girl and like, but. They're not embarrassing. It's not like you go, like, obviously you don't yeah. want to watch Yes, Virginia, there's Santa Claus by Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to watch you know, with John Boy Walt. There's an Irish cop. Oh, God. 
But hey, he lost Joe Ireland. He's probably not work. Yeah, yeah, he was lost without her. But he should have had like the. He North, was like the June Carter to his. He could have gone Cash. up to. He should have gone up to Santa. To Santa, believe in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna meet him. I told you, you're like the only person who can relate. Like <laughs> people would be staring at me because after Death Wish three, I'd be going around, he killed the giggler man. <laughs> Giggle, giggle. Not right. It's not right. But that other weird movie where the guy would like take all his clothes off and go try. Dennis. Hand him in. I, I don't think that was his name in the movie. Might have. You sure? I don't. I don't know. But the, the Holy Trinity. But now the thing with Kojak, and I, I, you know, that's what. I guess I'm fairly okay with this show because I love to like delve into history and get the backstory. You were saying the name Kojak. Okay, why the heck were they using Kojak? Right. The name. It turned out originally the guy who wrote the idea of the cop he was a Polish cop. Right. Yeah, I was asking why why they use that name and they're pushing that he's Greek on the show because you know he tells you about. And then yeah, you did the research. Well, was that one though for combat where you texted me and I texted you back? Wait, what's with that stash? <laughs> what's he supposed to? What's he supposed to be? <laughs> you know? But he was Greek, I think. But he had the stash. Yeah, he was like Greek, French or something. Yeah, you that big. That was a hell of a stash. <laughs> but he comes out so. But my thought was, I'm just surprised. Maybe I missed it. I don't think I did. I'm surprised. Like somebody, like during one show, they go like Kojak. You know, you know, I'm Greek, baby. And he go and he could explain it was like Kojakalopolis or something, and they, his parents changed it when he came to the country, yeah, or something like that. But I always thought like Litvak, Kojak, I'm nowhere like near. I'm or nowhere near Greek, so. And then yeah, he did your history, and I uh, was Polish originally. Yeah, it was 1969. They came up with the plot, like the pilot, but now we know though this is of course. And it was a book. Yeah. I can't think of the name because I've been seeing it at the end. I've been trying. I would love to get those. Like there was actually the the Kolchak files, Night Stalker, which is based on trying to find like these like books like that would be great. And just to see how the characters. Because if you yeah. read the James Bond books, it's actually Connery's the closest. Right, I've right. A lot. And this is also as a tribute. We have our our only guest who's got like a Tootsie Roll Pops, but this how now Tootsie Roll Pops came about is interesting too because there were a couple stories. One of them was the police like like some female cops saw him and said that you know that gives the cops a bit. Of, Come on, this is the South. Everybody smoked like a chimney. And absolutely, if you want to see a great one, Battle of the Network stars Telly's captain Bob Conrad. These guys are men; they take it seriously. During the track beat, Telly's got a gym shirt. He's got shirt down, he's got gold chains on, and he's smoking a cigarette during a track meet. Which is it's like that picture of Len Dawson, yeah. which I have, yeah, he's sitting on the sideline with a soda and a beer, or not a beer, and a cigarette. I've been, I got a show poster for that. My view on that, too, is like those guys, that's maybe they weren't, as, but they were tougher than the guys yeah. now. These guys were like... That's what I guess Jack Lambert, like my, a couple of my friends, big Steelers fans, Jack Ham roomed with him, said all he did the night before he was chain smoke and drink beer yeah. watching for the game. Though, you know, I loved the Steelers when I was a kid. Oh, I, I mean, because of them. The Steel man. Curtain and the everything. The Steel Curtain. Mean Joe Green. Mean Joe Green. Jack Lambert, I think he kicks some guy in the ball. <laughs> But yeah, there's the one. But I guess like the whole story of the lollipops, posing. You know the famous. They actually Steve's been charting the flavors too. That's how serious we are about this. But he goes out. He's got the cigarello. Now you said he smoked. Like I saw the cigarellos. Did he have something else besides cigarellos? He had cigarettes. But look, after 
I don't know. Mostly since season three, it's mostly either the cigarillos and the lollipops. I haven't seen the cigarette. Because he had, like, the whole thing working originally. It's a classic scene, though. He got the cigarette, he puts it away, pulls out a Tootsie Roll pop. <laughs> and the story goes, Telly didn't quit smoking, but he wanted to cut down. Right. So he started switching to Tootsie Roll pops. Which is why he was doing both on the show. And then the observation you made. Isn't it cool, like, when you grew up in New York City, to see all this stuff? Like I love it, because this is, like, when my grandparents still lived there. Like, the same, those cars... And, you know, 48th Street was a total shithole. That was so much fun. Well, yeah. We could, I could tell this was like 30 years ago. I lived in Alphabet City. Oh, I remember wow. the piss by Shea. Like, it smelled like piss. Yeah. But this, it literally, this is awesome. It's like one of those Tom Waits stories in my apartment. Nobody would rob you because they knew if you lived there, you had no money. Right. So, first day I'm in there. Break the door open. It held against the wall, gunpoint. I'm like, "Welcome to New York, dude." And the guy goes, "I guess someone was shock of shock at Alphabet City dealing smack." Really? There we promise we talk about smack. Yeah, that's right. Here and, it comes. Uh, and uh, the guy just say, "Oh, we didn't have a warrant or anything. Go sue us. See how it happens." Yeah. Good luck. You know, this is like 30 years. Probably still looking for me. I'm close. I'm feeling like bad, lieutenant. You don't want me to tell your parents? <laughs> You're going to do something for me. But you didn't touch them. Not when I pinned against the wall. No, no, it's Harvey Keitel. Yeah. That was like the cool thing. He never actually did anything. I thought of the same, in my twisted mind, yeah. it was, well, this wasn't bad. You know, no. he could have done a lot worse. No, he could have done a lot. <laughs> Most cops would Plus, he had her eyes closed when he was doing the, the chicken <laughs> That was a hell. Was that the scene though, or like I said, like the one I don't. I could call like I told John Waters, like in the in Pink Flamingos. Yeah, everybody knows the turd scene. Right. I was grossed out by Edith Matthews with cotton, cotton, and she's this woman in a chip. Cotton, cotton, and you see the Eggman. <laughs> he's like, you were grossed out by that. Like, yeah, it weirded me out. I had nightmares about it. <laughs> and her in that that one piece leather thing that was like. You know, up the side was exposed, and it was, I don't know if it was that movie, but. But I saw, but the scene, though, when he's just snorting coke, and the grandma walks by and gives him the look, and keeps walking. <laughs> that was like the scene that got me. But you made some great observations, though, about Kojak, about. The finger. Yeah, see, now, this happened, watch closely now, Jimmy Doing, in his autobiography, has a section called Giving Hitler the Finger, because he had a finger blown off in the war, and if you try, maybe they, you know. Didn't really have effects, just don't see it. But Tally's got like sort of a crooked. Yeah. I guess there was a birth deformity. I thought because he was in WW2. Right, but I noticed there was a tiny little. It's like three quarter size, and from the knuckle, it gets real skinny for that last little part. But I noticed there's a nail. So I assume it has, you know, you don't get a finger blown off and then put a little nail on it. No, it's just. Even if you're Greek. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll make a lot of points about being Greek in there, too. <laughs> but you've, you've noticed, like, the car. The thinking about the. Only Kelly could do it in the car chases. Speeding pursuit. It's New York. Nobody stops. Yeah, that's what I love. He's got the siren And nobody. They might just move a foot out of the way, left or right. And they're screaming down the road, and nobody's pulling over. And he comes out, no coffee spilled, always styrofoam. It's always styrofoam. Always styrofoam cuffs. The cracker! Cracker! <laughs> but there was a one I saw recently. He pulls in, 
and he's got it in his lips, you know, his, in his teeth. <laughs> that was pretty freaking cool. And did you say, wasn't there one out in the desert with banjos? Yeah, I just saw that. They were they went to, uh, they were in Las Vegas. This was all in early season three. They went to Vegas. And then the next one, they were like two hours out of Reno in like, you know, ass fuck Nevada, in the middle of nowhere, where chickens are really nervous. <laughs> So all this open space and all, and dusty roads, you gotta have a seventies car chase. And the brilliant uh, producers put in the seventies car chase music, you know, like something with Burt Reynolds. You know, you got the acoustic country thing, and all of a sudden there's a banjo. Kojak's doing, you know, spinning his tires, flipping up dirt. But what I love about the show, too, he says, Tally's great. He's like, people don't appreciate what a great actor Play any role. Like, go scalp hunters. Over-the-top bad over, guy. He over, was so great over-the-top over stuff. The but Kelly's Heroes, which is both of our favorite, right. the opening scene with him. And even Battle of the Bulge, he's over-the-top. <laughs> Guffy, Sergeant the, Guffy. Young Savages, which is like a game about New York. This is yeah. New York. You were just like the New York gangs in the 50s. Burt Reynolds. Tally's like a prototype Kojak cop. Right. Or he has the clean hair stuff. <laughs> and he had the clink. What was the other one? The um, doll. The doll from the Twilight Zone. He had the clink hair. <laughs> no, the one with Gregory Peck that they remade with De Niro. Okay, fair. Yeah, he's he's like the 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 cop that helps him out, Gregory Peck, and he's got the clink hair in that too. <laughs> it balls better for him. Actually, I want to watch his. Uh, he was like the only white ball dude. For, for well, Yul Brenner, but. That was it. I mean, there were no really white ball guys. You know what? That's a good egghead. Yeah. A, well, they were comical, and then you know there weren't that many black dudes even. There was Curly from the the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Who was is awesome? I love Curly. Curly all. Great. And then Isaac Hayes. No, because it was the Afros. Like yeah, but one dude had the was the ball guy, Curly. Remember the bad guy? The, he played a lot of I don't know his name. He's the black guy. He played a lot of like like bad guys. So he's the black guy with the sunglasses. He was like in a lot of those like you know black exploitation movies. But he's always played sort of like the bad hustler guy. He had like the you know the shades thing. But he was the one bald guy. I can't remember. His Bill name. Duke. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, Bill. Wow! Oh shit! Yeah, that was one. But now you have to before you start writing in and wondering what our relation. <laughs> we have this because Devil's Rejects the perfect the chicken seamer. <laughs> I can do the whole scene. You can do the whole which scene. Which is horrifying. It's pretty amazing. It's our in joke and everything. So like we have our, our we call it the meeting of the mindless our coffee meetups. The people in the room tend to move <laughs> after like half an hour of hearing us. Yeah, but we haven't been asked to leave yet. Soon. Yeah, actually we're 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 overdue. Yeah, well this we're weather is yeah, and weather. health reasons like for are we been both dealing with the bleeding noses from the weather. Yeah. Falling apart. You know, that's just us doing everything. But it's one thing is now the power of live music for you playing and listening to it, like I always want to describe the vibe. There's just something about playing live. Yeah, it's like... It's hard even to describe you know, I've always used... Like, for me, because I'm actually... If you don't want me, believe it or not, I'm actually sort of quiet. But, like, I could never do a joke with my theater friends. I'd love to just come out for, like, one line. I'd probably goof it up. <laughs> I'd probably, like, come out just to say, Lieutenant... 
you have to you have a, your message for you, so I go, the cornflakes are in the castle, you know, something, because I would freak out and stutter or something. Drop I, your lines I on the, the floor? I was Grandpa Bonnie in an Easter Bunny play, like, <laughs> like in... <laughs> Are there pictures of this? It was in grade school. Oh, okay. That was my one thing, and it was like a sock puppet up here. It was a town crier sock puppet on one grade school play. But, you know, it's tough stuff, though. You know, it's like getting up there in front of people, and I think you just... But they, they get the rush from it. Oh, yeah. But you have to zone out and everything. Yeah, which is hard when some guys in the band aren't, like, you know, holding up their end. You know, but do you really, like, in terms of the audience, too, do you, like, do you even pay attention, or, you know, you check the feedback, or you're in your own zone? I mean, if, it's both, if it's a really good show, like, now, with Andrew on the bass, and I don't have to worry about anything, like, you'll see pictures of me actually smiling when I'm playing, instead of grimacing. Even when I'm, you know, trying to do the guitar face, I'm doing the guitar face bends, I'm still smiling a lot. Because it's like, so... so scared another one. I mean, <laughs> who's running the... <laughs> Chicken in there. <laughs> who's running the bus? But no, it's, it's... Yeah, when I'm, like, especially when I'm doing leads, like improvising leads... You just, I just get lost, man. It's, it's like unbelievable. And I'm like hearing shit going, did I just do that? Did you ever I, practice your improvision? Um, yeah, lately. <laughs> <laughs> Think we get together and work on the improvisation part? <laughs> yeah, we did this before the show. <laughs> but one of the things, too, is I've seen this with bands and I've read this in a lot of books where, yeah, you, you get to a level of confidence. But there are those shows just when it all clicks. Yeah. And I remember Herb Smith, one show I saw him at, he comes out after he plays this song, and he goes, oh, we played this song, but we just did something fucking magical this time. Yeah, and I just, just said... You just look at each other, and you just get in the mood, and you just like... I've said, like, in a few bands over the years, once in a blue moon, tonight at 11.45 Eastern Time, we were the best fucking band on the planet. We'll go up against anyone. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not later. But for that 5, 10, 20, half hour, we were so fucking on. And especially when you do just jamming away. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, play structured songs, which is cool. But we do a lot of, you know, just... We'll just, you know, get to the... It's kind of... We're almost like a jazz band. Because we play, like, the song, the theme. And then, you know, I get to the solo. And then... And now that we have a great bass player that locks into my great drummer, I can, like, do anything. It's amazing. But that's the thing, too, is, like, I know, like, a lot of stuff you play. You will play, like, some shows, their format, you'll get a three-minute song, which is awesome. And there's some bands I'll go see, they'll play, like, 30 songs in an hour. Or a couple other bands I'll see, they'll play five songs in two and a half hours. And it's equally good. We put up, do all of that, mostly the longer, though. But there's that whole thing like that, and I think that... But, like, for me, for live albums, too, I want them live. I don't like the ones where there's a break between songs, and you know it's edited and everything. Right. I want the mistakes. I want all the... Now, I've never heard this one. Either Joni Mitchell, somebody somehow just flown off my radar. I guess, like, in her live album, you can hear her, like, she starts a song over because she blew it. <laughs> She's like... 
I love when they do that. Because that shows that she's like, you know, I'm human. And I heard, I guess, like the cheap trick from the Whiskey album, which I would like. Oh, that box set? Boku De Niro at the moment, though. But I guess like a friend has it said, like, they goof, they just improvise, play off, and just say, oh, well, play this. It's all sloppy. It's all... That's what you go to a live show for. You don't go yeah. and stay home and listen to the record. Exactly. That, that was like, okay, Eagles fan or not, that was the thing with Don Henley. Don Felder said, called him the guano bat. <laughs> the guano bat said, you had to play every song just like on the album. Yeah. And some people, that's what they want. They go to shows. What are you looking at? A clock? No, I'm, you're the first guest pounding a bag of Tootsie Roll Only two of them. <laughs> I thought I was doing pretty good. This is the first guest, too, who's ever been Tootsie Roll popping the whole time. <laughs> so. They never see oh, Wow, it looks like there's a banana. When did they get a banana? This, this has got to be the best thing. Banana Tootsie Pop? You never see... These are mini, so you can eat more of them. I guess. I wonder but if they, they offer ever... so many flavors. It used to be like orange, grape, cherry, chocolate. Remember the chocolate and, and the raspberry. What's Tally been sticking with? It's usually the chocolate or the grape. Yeah, now I've been seeing like either cherry or raspberry the last couple of shows. So I'm wondering if he had a fairy just said, get, get me a bag, baby. Yeah, who knows? We're going to have to dig deeper into this. That would be like was, your... was there a Tootsie Pop guy or girl? <laughs> I don't know if you like, would just send somebody out to like the, the Five and Dime store and they got a bunch of them. Possible. Or maybe if he was doing it in real life, too, he brought his own. That's possible, too. Imagine having an autographed Tootsie Pop of Kelly. <laughs> right. We signed the rapper. It was Styrofoam Cup. No, he'd be like, I said, like Charlie Bronson, a friend of mine got, like, ran into him and got his autograph. I, he'd be somebody I would just, like, fall over my words for, though. Right, or but like, but Bronze is also like you know, I, I get, I'm just imagining if you met Savas, you'd be a fucking riot. Yeah, but Bronze would be like nice but quiet and reserved. That's exactly how he said he was actually a really nice guy, but he's just a real quiet man. Yeah, he'd probably appreciate that you want his autograph in five seconds. Oh, he's very time. nice like that. Yeah, but you're not gonna get like, yeah, hey, uh, uh, come sit down. Uh, uh. Where I'm sure Tully Savas would be kind of in the right mood. He just won at the casino, <laughs> and he's liquored up pretty good. <laughs> He'd be your best friend. He'd be well, buying him drinks at the be bar. Funny as shit. Be, like twenty, you'd be you find find you like twenty four. You come roaring in the car through traffic with a siren. He's going to dump you off. He's loaded, baby. <laughs> but I think Lee would be the same way though. It's like that picture I put up on Facebook. You're like, but he's more with laughing like Warnos. You're like, what did Lee say? Yeah. Like, can you imagine hanging out with Lee Marr? Well, that, supposedly that could go either way. In the book I read, yeah. um, if he was in a good mood and your friends, he was like the best. But if you pissed him off <laughs> and he was drunk, <laughs> he'd you'd really like you'd be fearing for There's your life. There's a story I love to tell. The one where we went to like, the acting student Lee Strasberg, and they act. They say, okay. I want you to demonstrate, okay, you're, you're a soldier dying of gangrene. All right. So right. he sits there, he just sits there like this. And Lee says, why is he going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> And Lee, and let's, let's remember, Lee Marvin was a Marine vet who got, would he get shot in the ass? Shot in the ass. <laughs> but doing, like, Marine Raider stuff. Yeah. You know, coming, like, Couple of uh, one of those little rubber rubber boats, yeah. like two or three guys yeah. in them. The PTs, or the, those no, those little yeah. 
So yeah. those, and they'd come in. They, he did one tour. They came in the island. There was like four those little paddle boats with like two guys in each, and they you know slunk ashore into the bush and like took out a couple of like machine gun nests with knives, you know, just killed the guys and then took out a couple more guys and then a sniper I saw him and started shooting and I guess pinned him down. And he was moving to come in and, you know, throw a grenade or something. He got shot in the ass. He was, no, he was laid up almost a year. I yeah. Guess. But he, like, so Lee explained, he said, if you get gangrene in the, the end of the stages, you feel nothing. Yeah. And it was like a case of, well, how do you, well, you know, I wasn't. <laughs> right, I he, saw it. And I would have loved what he would to hear what he said with Stas, to Strasburg when he left the room. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I can imagine. You know, that's, like, the funny part that like, you can imagine. Now. But, like, for live albums, too... What would you say, like, some of your favorites are? Oh, God. Now, what? just, I mean, I don't, you know, I hate the top, like, what's the best, but, but I know, like, we both love Gonzo Live. Gonzo and is the thing the I'll template. say about Ted, I think, you know, he goes, like, I think he does it, honestly, probably has some core beliefs. I think he does a lot over the top. He's like the kid who wants, he's older, he wants attention. He wants to still be relevant. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I try, unless you do something really heinous, I try to block that stuff out. Like, I mean, it's America, you could say what you want. Right. But, like, if, like, you, you know, obviously you must a kid or something, no. They married a chick. <laughs> well, it was the 70s. So and he got the parents so okay. Yeah. I mean, talk about genius. <laughs> no, that will get into bed. Well, you uh, know, it was so, the I mean, 70s. Thing, I mean, some people just don't, you know, the, I think if you just... Take yeah. life so seriously. Yeah, I was going to say, fuck it. If you can't you take know, a joke. And you can take, like, basically anybody you like. Like, I mean, Jimmy Page and these guys. You would have, your record collection would be, like, Christian Rock and some of those dudes were, like, I guess, like, Striper. I heard the story about these guys. They were all on drugs when they were doing this stuff. Of course they were fucking. It was a gimmick, probably. But, you know, I just did that jail bait. I thought, how could I possibly do lower than my theme, my <laughs> salute to heroin show? And uh, my theme was, I, all of a sudden I noticed, all these bands have a jailbait song. They're like, like there's zillions of them. So that was my high point of lowness so Make far. Make sure you listen to this before it gets demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. But Rock and was, roll rumble every so Saturday. I, I, would, I would like text Steve and go, dude, I listened to a Kiss song. I don't think Gene was in it for duty and humanity. No, he was in it for pussy and money. Yeah, but you know, another one, this is another weird genre, like 50s, early 60s, was like the teen death drop. There were tons of them. Like Leader of the Pack. Oh, right, Last right, Kiss. Right. And I have to say, like, for Darwin Awards and Love Story, Teen Angel, because you go back to your car to get a... Get splattered by a train to get a high school ring. The dude's probably cheating on you. You're not going to know him in a couple of years. I mean, and then I'm being my own warped brain going, well, once the car got plowed, they could scour the area, probably find the ring. Right. Well, now you're getting into blood rock territory. Yeah, they, well, Norvis would do that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah, those are cool songs, man. Yeah, you know, you know what it was, too? I'm thinking, okay, what was the pastime? You know, James Dean had died. What was the whole thing of, you know, the kids, the hot rods and everything? So it was probably taking a topic like that to use. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but I know, like, reading about, like, Chuck Berry, the, those 50 rockers were another brand of insane. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know, and I think they had to be, but they were another brand. Of, and it's amazing, like, reading about, like, them and, like, the early Stones. Every show was a riot. 
Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, it was incredible. Thinking about it now, like people were fainting, rushing the stage. Right. Which they've probably done for you a couple times yeah. for other reasons. Yeah. Why <laughs> <laughs> can't you talk about that on the... Like the leap over the, like Mick leap over Charlie's drum set to get away from <laughs> It must have been something. I'd love to be able to go back and see something. It's dying someday to get Time Machine. Well, could you imagine, though, like, okay, Fats Domino seems like a mellow dude. Right. Love him. Mellow Everyone dude. loves him. Mellow dude. He's the fat man. Yeah, that's my theme song for years. <laughs> but, so what he did, they got, tour got canceled. There were four riots during shows, during one of his tours. Really? You have, like, a his keyboardist, they're rioting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a new thing, man. That's what was so cool about. That's our thing now too. We're sort of like dinosaurs in terms of the music we like. Like a lot of new stuff doesn't do it for us. No, and, and you know, and there's a, I, there's a lot of cool bands. Most of them are in Europe, but you know, that that do like that seventies early hard rock stuff. But well, I'm great, still discovering. You know, one of like one of my good friends, Harley Hills. He's like a great, you know, the H man. Yeah, I know. He, you know, he's at he's at one of your shows when I I asked like a member of your band I won't name. Uh, where's your? I want to buy their CD. Where's it? Oh, there's a lot of CDs they have here. <laughs> okay, I so I asked somebody at the bar and they got me one. <laughs> but he comes in with well, H Man and I were talking. He goes, "It's my favorite band." Well, yeah. and you and Dino Boys. Yeah, we played it. And those, that's the CD I have actually. <laughs> The Funkin' Waffles gig. Yeah, this is the night. March 8, 2018. You know what? They sound like you a lot in this way, okay? It's grimy. If, if we had vocals, it's, it's, we'd be doing a lot grimy, of the same it's stuff. Harley, it's somebody else I don't know. I don't Mike know. McGee. Okay. Great guitar player. Actually, somebody told me his name. Actually, uh, Ryan Hurley told me his name. Mike McGee. But what they do is like you. They take, they do covers. Now, I'm fine with doing covers. Tribute I have a little, yeah. But like Harley told me, we're going to do these songs the way we want to do. So you get the the live at Leeds Young Man Blues, which is probably like twenty minutes long, right? And they just rock out on it, yeah. And they do, and they do also like War Pigs and everything. And they, yeah, but they, they rock out. Doing the early Kiss, Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah, and I will go like I'll argue about like in terms of Kiss. They're like especially their first three albums. Yeah, I mean they were dirty. They could play like Paul Stanley said they became HR Puff and stuff on ice like during <laughs> Dynasty or whatever. Oh, that's t- I mean up to like Love Gun still had some cool stuff, but that was it for me. Like, up to Alive too. Well, Rock and Roll Over was a great album. I kind of just rediscovered that a couple really of like years ago. really like call it their best. It might be your best I just, studio. I'm so bad about, you know, it's like, what, what day of the week is it that yeah, I've no. my mind? Or I'm just like, you know, is it, do I really like it? Yes. Or do I really not like but, it? But, hey, remember, now your CD is the best endorsement I've ever heard because... It was like, first of all, I did my dad listen to the rumble, whole lot of shake, and he's like, I play the rumble. He's like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> and then I, all I had to do was to make, he loves the Stooges. <laughs> but he tried to eat your CD. <laughs> I think now you could, and he's a bologna and onions man, so. So am I. So, so good to eat. <laughs> so good to eat. But what Harley told me, we were, taught, we were hanging out one night, he goes like, his first album, can't go wrong with this one. But you don't want to like hear like some like hard rockers. Like, what was your first album? 
Why aren't you looking at me? Would you for yourself? Um, Sound check to Greece. <laughs> no, but he got, well, one of my first gigs, my my neighbors, they're like, they want to treat me. Oh, we're going to see Up With People. No, uh, just don't. No, no, uh, no, no. It was like horror. It was like horror. It's like John Denver on crack, yeah. basically. I but kind it, of vaguely remember. No, you don't want to. No, I don't. I, yeah, because I think I was like pretty young. It was all about like upbeat. Because I was like one of those guys. I love I love feeling groovy. But I always had this feeling, mini pearls, like a dirty old lady or something. Because anything that's too wholesome, anything that's wholesome, people who are upbeat, they scare the hell out of me. Yeah. Because I always think this is like we're like miserable sods and stuff. But so I'm talking to Harley, and I'm like, you know, first album I ever bought. I went to live at Leeds. Really? How can you go wrong there? Mine was we're an American band. No, see, I'm sort of pedestrian. My dad used to go to Gold Circle every week. My mom had this weird fixation where we got still water for making tea. I can't figure that out still. Really? I still don't know why. <laughs> what the heck? My mom was odd. She would put bacon on turkey, which we weren't supposed to have technically, last name. But, <laughs> but, but, so, but she was eccentric. She's probably, uh, she was ahead of her time, because now they put sour bacon on cream everything. everything. Sour cream, everything. Uh, yeah, my grandmother was like that. No, sour cream. Well, it's like you've heard the joke about the Jewish mother, right? Like, there's a beggar going around. I was up to, excuse me, ma'am, can you help me? I haven't eaten in three days. She says, well, force yourself. <laughs> you got to be growing up with them to know it. <laughs> you know? But, you know, that was... You know, like that, but my dad, yes, so he endorsed you. Yes. And I think you have to find your own way, and I think eventually, like a lot of people, you might start out and just follow the, you find when you follow the crowd, life sucks. You just stop caring. Yeah, it's boring. And you get like the boring average people, and they don't like you anyway. That's true. Let's be honest about that. But then we have our own things, like for our movies and everything, where we like the same type of movies and everything. Well, you you watch more modern stuff, though. I'm kind of still stuck. Yeah, but usually, listen, I love when I find, that's actually, when I find an older movie I've never seen before. Oh, that's the that's best. The best, because there's still so many out there. So, and that's also, like, why I don't get into all these modern bands, like, from Europe and stuff. I'm still finding these, like, obscure 70s I bands. love that. I know. And I find, one of the things to me that got me was, like, culture shock. I was with Sam McHale on. It at the bug jar. And I'm going, the term I started, back in my day. <laughs> and back in my day. I've been saying that lately because, like, remember when gigs started, like, at one and everybody was bombed, including the band? Back in the day. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to them and I realized, look at McHale and I go, I'm like, okay, Sam would have been one. I go, oh my, you must be kidding me. I've been going here since before you guys were born. Yeah. Three years old or whatever. And I found it because it used to be Rosie's. Oh, And right. I was at Priam. Right. I had an apartment on Priam Street. We were down there. And I was like, oh, there's a new place. And one of my friends goes, you got to look at this place. It was like all the stuff on the ceiling. Oh right, right. It was like a, it was like sort of like a dance club or something in the nineties. I didn't live here in the nineties. Yeah, I just moved. Actually, Oz told me it was like something. I moved back like in ninety, like the, the ass end of eighty nine, and then right at, like in in March actually this month I got clean, and then I like hibernated for ten years. So 
Yeah, it was already. Yes, fine. He had not washed in decades, and he finally got cleaned up. Yes, finally. <laughs> and now, now it's the right of right of spring to get ready for the annual bath. Yeah, which is awesome. Actually, my mom's her grandfather. They used to wash in pennies. It's supposed to bring you good luck. But on <laughs> but on New Year's Eve, he was. I'm, I never met him. I'm sorry. <laughs> he would take his annual bath on New Year's Eve for the year. There was this one. Wow. Talk about like, the old days, the yeah. old country, and everything. You know, the mountain guys. That's when the, you know they wait for the spring thaw. Yeah. Which was, actually, this is our spring cold. show, so of course it's cold out. And I like drove past somebody coming in who was that person who. A little drop of rain, snow, and they drive 20 miles an hour. Right. Even though they grew up here, drove here their whole life. But what is... You have something coming up, though, don't you? Plug. Hopefully. Did you want to plug something? I, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, though. This is a definite maybe. We'll say maybe. Yeah. We're supposedly have a gig coming up um, for one of our show hosts at Rochester Free Radio. Great guy, Uncle Slosh, who passed away last year. And... I'm not sure exactly. It's going to be like a lot. He was like a big metal dude. And, he, you know, he did like my band. And we got to be pretty good friends. So hopefully the Tombstone Hands are going to be playing. I think it's April 8th. And it's definitely. We'll post it up like when. I like, could look, but it's. Uh, That's cheating on this show. Yeah, I know. So, so, shut up. Okay. No, don't shut up. I don't want to. Um, it's definitely going to be at Pineapple Jack's, which I. Really like playing it. They like I know I do know they like a lot of metal there. Yeah, and when the first time we played there, Bart, the owner, his mom was hanging out. She fucking loved us when we started doing like Hendrix stuff. She was like freaking out. Why don't you have guys like this all the time instead of this hard banging? No, but I always see like my friend Jane Evils like plays there. They have yeah, that was his. They were kind of like a couple for a long years, but. Yeah, she, like, actually, she filmed us the first time we played doing my Hendrix tribute I wrote. I came up with it. It's an interesting place, too, but first of all, it's like, I go in, I had a Bruno San Martino shirt, and the door goes like, Bruno, yay, Bruno. You fit right in. Yeah, I I did it on purpose. But the way (laughs) it's situated, too, is you can go, like, if you don't want to hear these psychos, I don't know why not, uh, there's a bar and a TV, like, with all the stuff, but then it's separate. Yeah, there's like three areas. Which is awesome, which I like in a way because it's like, like if you go to the firehouse and like if you don't want to see like some bad comedian. <laughs> now, he saw, we won't, I, he doesn't remember his name either, but like he saw some guy, he saw some guy wondering. <laughs> <laughs> the was, worst comedian I ever saw in my life. That was so bad. It was hysterical. And he, of course, thought we were laughing with him. Egging him on, but now, we're, if that was an act of like Andy Coffin when he would pretend like. No, yeah, this this but was, that was real. No, I think I'm wrong. Fire the firehouse though. They're the one because I haven't been, actually I haven't been there in a long time because of the C word from 2020. But they have also they have the stage separate. Yeah, it's a ba- kind of like also like the um, my favorite place to play the Rose and Crown. It's like, you know, a lot of times we play to one person, we get done with a song, and there's, like, everyone at the bar going, yeah. No, no, one of your gigs, actually, 
You were so freaking loud. I was at the bar. Because, <laughs> you know, a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another reason we chat. And you know, it's, we're really not that loud. No, you know, I don't know if it's me, but I was telling I, Am- I was telling Amanda and Casey like the last Fox Forty Five gigs, and I would have put them in maybe the top five for loud. But the last gigs, I'm going. I don't know if I just got old. I just don't care anymore. But it's bothering me. We well, I've been scaling my amps back constantly because. They don't, they don't want you to play too loud. And when I was 18, I'd say, good, fuck you. Here's my Marshall stack. But now, I, you know, if it's a cool bar, I want to come back. But the one, now, it's sort of odd disappointment was Reverend Horror and Heat. Because by now, I'd heard, like, he used to preach him. He used to, like, you could preach your act. Right. But I've been told by, I've been told by a couple of people that these are just, didn't know. I've seen Motorhead. Right. Actually, last time I saw Motorhead. They weren't that loud either, I didn't think. Oh, I saw them at the Penny Arcade. The last time I saw them at Penny Arcade, there was like somebody, uh, get, I, was, I would run into people I knew. I'd see like El Destructo, I'd see Filardo. Then I'd see security throwing some dude out every eight minutes. But yeah, last, that was the 80s. But the last time, and the best part was Lemmy had the cigarette and the cigarette. But I didn't think it was that loud. But the one gig, i sorry, Lemmy, wherever you are, that I didn't pay I get to the parking lot. I was so I stayed in the parking lot because it was so, so loud. loud. You, you could hear it like the parking lot. Well, when I saw him with Brian Robertson at the arcade, another perfect day, great album. Yeah, so we have to they had their. They're used to opening for bands in big, you know, hockey rinks. So that's what they had on the Penny Arcade stage. Yeah. My fucking hair was we blowing heard, back, man. Security. There was like a big. It's raining out. I'm talking to the security guy, and they had it set up still. So we're out in the rain. He goes. You're going to see, like, it's like it was 30 bucks or whatever. It's like you're going to see, like, an arena show with the big amps and everything. Yeah. So, But I've heard the Reverend Horton Heat, they were brutally. But when I saw them, I've seen them more than once. Love talking to Jimbo. Yeah. They were average sound-wise. Not really loud. Because I he, uses, he uses, like, what I used to play through, yeah. a Fender Super Reverb. It's only 38 watts. I don't know. So I heard stories years ago. Well, so maybe it's all through my to these mega thousand watt and I'd also heard ACDC was really loud that's like one band I've never seen really? I just it fell through the cracks like it would turn out I wasn't here or, now I, honestly to be honest with you my, my 80s well, I saw a lot of bands I wouldn't but, go see them in the uh, 80s I'm no, like a Bond only dude but I but. saw oh Bond only too for me yeah. I never saw but a lot of the stuff I saw for like a couple of decades are a bit of a blur but like I say like for my shows that was the one thing Partied a bit, but go to a concert, I'd be straight because I wanted to see the music. Now I had friends, if you saw the Wayne World movie, that dude's partied out. I remember seeing friends passed out in the oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. No, why are you going to a show? You would take notes at these things. Yeah. Before you had your Coke and Pepsi, your Pepsis. Or, right. You know, your <laughs> well, it was, you know, I'm going for like a guitar lesson. This is how I learned to play, by watching and listening. And, you know, we didn't have fucking YouTube back then. And there wasn't that much rock and roll on American TV. What, like maybe Night Flight, I would say? Yeah, but that was like it. It yeah, was I, mean, I, I had and, tapes of it on VHS. Don Kirshner. Yeah, Don Kirshner. And, Kirchner. you know, most of that would be crap. Was it Don Kirshner, though? I think he's and the one. Burt Sugarman's Midnight Special. Oh, yeah. But those were. Old were yeah, but, you know, those. There'd be, like, some great bands, but then there'd be, like, these horrible top 40 ones. Yeah, so you didn't. Solid Gold or. Yeah. Wasn't there. 
I might be wrong. Wasn't Don Kirshner behind fake rock a little bit, though, in the 60s? Wasn't he he's looking at the Beatles, Stones? Didn't he create, like, the Archies and, like, some of these, like, the Monkees? I think he had something to do with that. Because he figured I could come up with these, like, yeah. bands and everything. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I forgot about that. Unless that was Burke Sugarman. Could have been. They're, like, interchangeable. But... See, at this point, only thing I think at this point... You know, Alan Klein was a bad man. <laughs> Sounds like a very bad man. <laughs> Some of these record producers and stuff. Yeah, it was, you know, same as today. Fuck the artists. Yeah. Well, it's like the same. One of my favorite movies is The Five Heartbeats, and I heard it's about the Shylights, really. Where, yeah. you know, they try to screw over, like, the musicians. Where they're, it's a black group. Right. They're really good. They come in, so they get a song to the record company. And it's, it's sad because, I mean, at the end, they get like they have to go to like a company that this guy is just a total crook. Right. Shock and, of shocks, right? And he, he you know, he, he owns the publishing. Yeah. But what they do is they go, the, the, the guy goes, oh, we love your song. So they come in, oh, yeah, we're going to record it. They come in, there's these five white dudes in Letterman sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Like, look, speaking of, no, not, yeah, Fats Domino. They gave that song Blueberry Hill to Pat Boone. <laughs> and he had the big hit. Yeah, that's what they would do. I read, like, about Van Halen, like, the contract they got when they came out. And they were lucky they just even got out of it because they would have been, they were in, it was in perpetuity, perpetuity. But they just managed to weasel their way out, thankfully, because yeah. it was a joke. But you know what it is, too? I think a lot of times you're an artist, you want to... You just want to get recorded. Right. So you sort of sell your soul. <laughs> yeah, and you don't, you know... If you if you're really into music, you don't want to be a businessman. No, so, which is a sad way in a way because you come back and you find out you're fucked. Yeah. But you know, if you're really smart, yeah, you, you know, you have someone you could trust. But that, you know, that's why the Stones are so great because Mick went to you know. Yeah, but school. the thing was, the funny part was like I reading Bill Wyman's song. This dude's a dirty old man. <laughs> You're all dirty old man. <laughs> he was a dirty old man when he was a young old man. <laughs> but, so anyways, he's going on. So we're touring, we're touring, we're selling out. Our records are number one. I look at my bank account, negative 33. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't get like, I mean, Leonard Cohen got screwed over. It's rumors Harrison didn't want to do that Beatles anthology, but he got built by his accountant out of like 25 million. Yeah. I'd like to get built out of 25 million men. I had 25 million. Right, exactly. But, well, yeah, it's, you know, now with with Spotify. Oh, God, got my song on Spotify. Good, you get three cents. Yeah, I was joking to my friends. Three yeah, cents or something friends, out of a dollar. I'm a joke with one of my really good friends. Her, like, her, her single was, like, on the top ten on Spotify. She's got it, like, she's got some songs in the back, like, talk shows. And so I asked her, it's like, oh, yeah, I get my three-cent residual. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever hear the old story about John Cleese and Faulty Towers? From PBS, where he goes. I know the show. Yeah, every now and then I get my 18 cent check. <laughs> I don't think he needs it though. I hope not. No, but so what's for the future for the bear? And you're going to keep playing. I should keep rolling on. Yeah, so. I'm gonna... we're like cockroaches at this point. We're yeah, not gonna I'm hoping. I mean, the two stone hands. We're fucking cursed, man. We are as I, I, we are cursed. Well, I'll tell you that quick story I told you about auditioning. There's the one. So friends of a band, they need a. They had the, I think every band seems to have like one instrument or like one person they have a problem with, like you know where they find like Fox Forty Five whatever, like when they got Casey as a drummer, yeah. chemistry. But they'll have the one thing it's always leaving. 
Yeah. So they couldn't find a good vocalist. So they're trying. They're like asking me, like, I, I recommend you for the vocalist. Be an asshole. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the guy comes in. He's all dressed up. He's like, and I guess he's like, He's like real arrogant. They know. They know immediately what's right. going to happen. It's it's like, well, you're going. I'll come in around to you. Know, you carry all your. He comes in. Oh, let's go. I guess he's, he's like takes the thing. Like, oh god. And I guess he didn't know like the what he would do is every now and then he wouldn't know they just go rock and roll. <laughs> and he was rock and rolling out the door. Or yeah. there's a guy you don't like, but the movie tribute. There's one scene you have because there's like a kiss tribute band. The guy who plays Gene. Gets too much in the character. No, he doesn't do that stuff. He actually the demon side. <laughs> he goes nuts, burns his house down. Is this a documentary? Uh, you know, I'll send it I've to you. I've seen it's it. Good. I've but seen that one, it. Okay, the one dude who who auditions. There's the one dude who comes into audition. He's like, I'm here for the nuances. Right. And they get him <laughs> jumping around. <laughs> and like for me, I would be like so embarrassed. I wouldn't like allow him. And they're like, that guy sucked. And they show him packing his base and going out the door. <laughs> There's lots of guys like that. That's the scary thing. I've seen that. So that's why I would never do it. I played some base. I sucked. So that's why I became like behind the scenes and stuff because I know because I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> but how's it like in terms of like going forward? How are you? And it's still you doing cowpunk or? I don't know what we're gonna do. Brian is you know we knew Brian's our great drummer who has ruined me because he's like um, he's like my John Bonham. Like I can't do the band without Brian. He's irreplaceable. So the, the keep away from those. 32 vodkas in a day, or 60, I think. Yeah, well, he's moving on out of the town, you know, probably another year. But, you know, I knew we had a couple of years with him, and then we finally got the bass player. We got the perfect rhythm section. We were we jam a couple of times, COVID. Everything goes down the toilet. I finally have what I've been hearing in my head behind me. So... And then every time we're about to get back to do something, I get sick, and he got in a car accident, our bass player. So I'm not sure what we're I'm not letting him go, though. He lives in Buffalo. Which isn't honestly that far. No, and he isn't. You know, I could always stay over. It's no big deal. Actually, that was that week. I was going down to the Mohawks someday. I think everybody there had COVID one week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was going. Yeah. I don't feel like driving. Right. He got sick. But he's a great guy. He's like, you know, we just clicked. Looks like Lemmy a little, too. Well, he does a Motorhead. He has his own Motorhead tribute band, Iron Fist, who are actually really fucking cool because they're not like, they're they're like, uh, they want their own. They're not not like their own sound, but they want to sound like old Motorhead live. That's my friend, like my friend Pat Darius with his Aussie stuff. Yeah, so he gets it always because I mean the way he really took it seriously, and they would bring in like guys from War Pigs and other. I mean the real old Sabbath, like he'd be doing the Wizard. Yeah, the only bad habit he would have sometimes he'd see like an attractive woman up there go show Ozzy your tits, <laughs> <laughs> metal girls, you know. But I don't know. We're gonna either continue doing the instrumental thing, maybe some vocals and instruments, which would definitely help booking us. But I don't know. We're gonna just keep. We're gonna just whatever happens is gonna happen. I always think but I'm not letting Andy go. If you're listening, Andrew. Well, no, not another Andrew. You're, you're, yeah, he'll he, do ham in Oregon. He'll do ham in Oregon for you. Trust me, I would love that, man. But 
Yeah, I'm not letting Andy out I of think my you life. just pursue, like, your creative stuff, though. I think if you if you were doing, like, an ABBA band, you wouldn't be happy. No. Now I can see you as freedom. <laughs> but, but still, you wouldn't really be happy. But, and, you know, I always hope, like I've told that story tons of times about meeting Big Dale and was getting beaten up in the parking lot. Right. Because we started talking. He's like, oh, it's hour and a half late. <laughs> By the time we're best friends, he wants me to come over to his house big store. They're going to beat me up at the end of the line. But you know, I saw those kids from high school. and They're dressed like, you know, uh, retro. I'm going, these dudes probably are hated. They dig their own stuff. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, whatever. And I think you attract, like, you find people there. You know, all we need are little cult audiences. That's all we care about. That's all I care about. To listen to this show before somebody complains. <laughs> well, you know, if we if we play, there were nights where we were playing and we started to break down early and the bartender and the waitress wanted just to keep playing. And we kept playing. We played for this another happens, hour. Uh, now, I won't name names. Well, it happens like, to everybody. No, I won't name names, but, like, one of my really good friends, he's, like, played in Spain. He's played with some bands. Big audiences. It just was one of those nights. Yeah. Like, in Dino, it was me and him. Yeah, the weather's bad. You know what There's I, some other big thing happening. Which is cool, because he's like, well, what do you want to hear next? <laughs> yeah. We You're figured, a real poker dude. I'm, I'm schlepping all this equipment. You know equipment. what you do? You count it as a rehearsal, too. You a rehearsal with a bar. You know, that's why I was. I just actually listened to Tom Petty. They released the Fillmore. Yeah. And what they did was they did 21 days. Their view was okay. But, you know, Tom Petty writes in the liner notes, dude, you got to pay tons of, you know, even in the 90s, ridiculous park. Right. Everybody wants to hear the hits. We can just, this is going to be, okay, it's the Fillmore, it's small, they, we'll try one date. They play 21 dates, 30 days, they all sell out. This is going to be basically people coming into, like, our rehearsals. And they would do covers, they right. game, they just have fun. Yeah, it would be loose, yeah. 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 And that's always, it's always better than seeing the band up there, like, you know they don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I, I, that, I don't get that. I never had that mind. No, and I've had, like, the best musicians I know, they'll, like, if you have three people or 30,000, they treat you the same way. Yeah. Like I said about the flesh tones one time, and I've used the analogy. Kenny Rogers sold out the War Memorial. Right. There were like 30 people for the flesh tones when I saw them. They made you feel like you were the most important. At the You were the in crowd. Yeah, I and saw they were, they were remember, like, so It was so good, too. Remember Dan Baird? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw him. George Satellites. Yeah, I saw him with the, the guitarist of uh, Jason and the Scorchers. They were at Abilene, maybe 20 people. Because it was one of those runs where they had, like, all these national bands in two weeks. Yeah. So you had to, like, pick and choose. Yeah. And I wasn't going to miss that, because Warner Hodges is, like, one of the coolest guitar players ever. Yeah. And Dan Baird's fucking, they're, you know, just great. And there's, like, this circle of dudes that plays. They have, like, different bands, but maybe 20 people. And they played way over two hours. It's like the old reading again about the Stones. Like, okay, Wyman said, like when they were hot, be sold out, big crowds. Then we hit some place, it would just be that place, sixteen thousand arena. We get three hundred people. <laughs> you know, but no, you play for the love of it. Yeah, you do for duty and humanity, humanity. and love of it. But this is, of course, we have to go on our none of your business out there because this would be this would definitely get demonetized. Our coffee meeting of the mindless soon in the spring. <laughs> yeah, but after the right. Whenever group. you see a coffee shop, you see people running out. We're there. <laughs> We're there. But this has been, of course, you'll return. Well, oh, maybe of if we can. 
you don't scare everybody away next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring lollipops. Who would? No, you bring donuts. That attracts people. Actually, love one donuts. of our guests, best. Sorry, but I like our best guest is Frank Ashcroft because he missed the day. Yeah. So he brings coffee and bagels and donuts. There you yeah, go. The only thing is, I drank like six of these big cups. <laughs> then then I, before I left, I forgot to do something before and I drive it home going, oh, if there's a traffic jam. Oh, God, go, yeah. Oh, what are we going to do? So we'll look forward to it. We're gonna, again, remind everybody to tune in. Where to tune in? What time? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, the Rumble, damn it. I know, I was kidding. Every Saturday from 1 to 3 on Rochester Free Radio. Look, if you ever see his ads, they got the carnival page banned on Facebook one <laughs> from one of his ads. <laughs> yeah, you could find all this crap about either my band or the show on my webpage on Facebook under Steve Litvak, L-I-T-V-A-K. Same dude who did, what was the movie, The Iron Cross or whatever? Yeah. What movie, yeah. Yeah. Anatole Litvak. Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Anatole. Oh, no, Iron Cross no, was... Uh, what was the one you always said that's, like, the one that was, like, a... Oh, was it, I thought it was Iron Cross. It was, like, something... No, it was... One about the traitor or whatever, and I can't remember the name. Remember, I was trying to find it on DVD. Oh! Was... Yeah, it was the IRA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll have to look that whatever, up. Whatever, look it up yourself. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, away, that's, that's the Irish movie, the... The Informer with Andrew yeah, McClagan. Yeah, that, was it. That, that was, man, what a great movie. Let's see how we go up. That's why we could literally do four hours. But RochesterFreeRadio.com, Saturdays from 1 to 3 or 106.3 FM. And then there's repeats. I call them Sunday night, but it's Monday morning at 2 and, and Friday morning at 2. Show. You're going to get, you know, you turn on like your regular radio. If you're driving for two hours, you get the same song in two hours. You will get something different every week, something unusual. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm the only person that ever took, there's a famous picture of the Lone Star Club where they had the Sex Pistols and then Merle Haggard. I accomplished that on my show. That was a very proud and moment. before you say what we're going to play, I'll leave you with the stories I've told you many times, because we're so full of blarney, even though we're not Irish. We tell each other many <laughs> tell, real tales, but are insane. Right. But hey, talking about like a band, okay, Hayes Carroll, I know it's like on his tour now, he's selling out all over the place, cool guy. Yeah. So he told the story when I saw him, he goes, okay, when I started, I started on Galveston, and the owner had a line, and it got away one time. <laughs> but he's playing on Wednesday nights, and he goes, now if any of you are in bands, just take heart, okay? I played it Wednesdays at his club. The bill was Wednesday nights, pitchers four dollars, three ninety nine wings, and he's curl. <laughs> <laughs> My best when I first moved to Virginia Beach. I'll never forgive myself for not finding a camera. We were called the Bogart Brothers. All you can eat shrimp nine ninety nine and the Bogart Brothers. <laughs> but what are we gonna play now? You brought something um, well, most of these songs are long. We well, can play... doesn't matter. You can pick one. Funkin' Waffles, our new rendition of Walk, Don't Run. I thought it would be pretty cool. Very cool. So or you want to go for the Hendrix 7-Minute. You know what? We're, you're going to have to tune into the show to hear which one. Yeah, okay. Lay off the Jet Black and Silver is my Hendrix tribute. You know what? We're just going to play one. You can figure it out. There you go. It'll be good. <laughs> and as always, thanks a lot to hear Baron. It's been hilarious as always. Thanks for the tootsies, baby. <laughs> Who loves you, baby? <laughs>
And Zepadap. You, you ain't planning on I ain't going to say it. Nah. And <laughs> oh. uh, Zepadap, Zepadoo, and uh, like that, you know? And the only problem is, the only thing I'll leave you at, if we ever somehow got Robert Plant, we'd be both saying how, he'd be saying how he was tripping and saw his purse in the movie. <laughs> 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 you imagine that question? <laughs> I saw it stuck in your jeans. Well, like, everyone saw it, but, you know, it came alive because I was on acid. <laughs> the song remains the same. This, the. Twenty foot schlong of that. Then, as I'll leave you, as Robert Plant would talk me after, you were fine, mate, but that boy over there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Do everything this week for duty and humanity. Elf beaters and good night. Don't let the bastards grind you down. 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 Grind you down.